0: I wanna welcome you as you've already been welcomed. Thank you for joining us. As I like to say, there are a lot of things you can be doing on a Sunday morning and we're pleased you chose to join us, whether physically or digitally. As you can see, I'm a digital subscriber today. Um, The COVID has found our household and therefore we can't be with you today. But because it was last minute, wanted to still provide you with this word that I believe Uh, God's put on my heart for today the next the next sermon rather in our series uh, of a thrill of hope because this year especially I think we need to see the hope that is found in Christmas Uh, a millennia ago years and years before Jesus uh, Bethlehem was not called Bethlehem it was called Ephrathah and uh Ephrathah, there was a, a field outside of Ephrathah where uh, Jacob buried Rachel. Now, if you know your Old Testament, Jacob would later, whose name would be changed to Israel, he was blessed by God. Uh, his descendants would later become the children of Israel. Um, Rachel was his real true love, and and it broke his heart when Rachel died. Uh, she died giving birth to his youngest son, Benjamin. And Jacob buried her in this field at Bethlehem. The, the field would be, uh, it was a, by a tower, the Tower of Adair, uh, Migdal Adair in Hebrew, uh, which means the, the Tower of the Flock. Ruth and Boaz would later glean barley in this same spot uh, and, and be buried, I mean, be buried, be married in, uh, in a similar spot, there in Bethlehem Ephrathah. Uh, years after that, King David would be born and would be anointed king over Israel, also at Bethlehem Ephrathah. Bethlehem Ephrath, meaning, meaning house of bread or, or house of fruitfulness. Um, it, it would later be called the city of David. And the prophet Micah, would predict that out of the city of David, out of Bethlehem Ephrath, out of this historic place, would come a Messiah who would reign forever. If you have your Bibles this morning, Micah chapter 5, verse 2. Micah says but you Bethlehem Ephrathah though you are little among the thousands of Judah yet out of you shall come forth to me the one to be ruler in Israel whose goings forth are from of old from everlasting The gospel of Luke tells us that there was a great census in the Roman Empire and and when Caesar was when, when uh, Augustus was Caesar that that uh Quirinius, who was governor included this, uh, this census, and, and so everyone was to return to their home, and uh, so they would return to their ancestral home to be counted. They were being counted uh, for tax purposes because the Romans needed an accurate number of who was where so that they could collect taxes from them, and so Joseph and Mary, as descendants of David, as, as part of David's lineage, would return to Bethlehem at the time of Jesus' imminent birth. Um, Because the government had called everyone to their ancestral home, that's where they would go. And uh, in in those outlying areas of Bethlehem, uh, in the little town of Bethlehem on the road to Jerusalem, lay the, the shepherd's Field, the the same field where Rachel was buried, the same field where Ruth and Boaz would would glean barley, to um, where King David was born, and and the coming of the Messiah was prophesied. Uh, the shepherd's field was no ordinary place. the The Jewish Talmud decreed that the the lambs that would be used in the temple, the sheep that would be used in the temple, had specific criteria that had to be met and, and specific regulations which would follow for those sheep which would be used in the temple. And so they had to be born and raised within five miles of Jerusalem. That was one of the laws. And so lambs destined to be used in the temple would be born in Bethlehem. They would be born in this shepherd's field um the the and then they would be separated the the male sheep rams would be uh would be used for for burnt offerings for sin offerings the the female ewes would be uh reserved for peace offerings and they had to be without spot or blemish they had to be perfect and so as such shepherds had to take great care in how they handled them They had to take great care, and and they had to watch over them constantly, not even as a normal shepherd, but but as a Levitical shepherd whose job it was to keep these preserved. So they weren't just protecting these animals from from predators or from the elements like a normal shepherd. They were protecting these animals from themselves because if one of them would fall into a hole or or would do something that would cause them to be blemished. They would no longer be valuable as a temple sheep. And so these shepherds were trained by the priests. They weren't just ordinary shepherds. They were something more. And the Bible tells us that they were out keeping watch over this sacrificial flock by night. It's interesting because at the Migdal Eder, the, the tower that is there in the shepherd's field, That's where they would bring them in for the birthing process. the, uh, the the shepherds would take them into the tower for protection from the elements, for a clean, safe environment for the, the births to happen. And they would take these lambs as they were born immediately. And because lambs are, are clumsy, frail creatures when they're babies, like most animals are, they would take these animals and they would wrap them in a blanket, and they would place them in a safe place until they gained such strength that they could take care of themselves. So you're already tracking with me here. the the the, the priestly shepherds would inspect all the lambs born in, in the tower of the flock, and uh, in the fields of Bethlehem for for any defects. They were they were looking for. Uh, those things which uh, which might preclude them from being part of a sacrifice, and so these these fragile baby lambs would would be uh, would be protected by these shepherds and kept from from bumps or bruises or broken bones or or anything else that might cause a blemish, which would exclude them from their job. So. When Luke says there's no room in the inn, we get confused by that. And our our traditions have taught us this story about a Motel 6. There's not a motel. The the word that's translated in is a mistranslation. When that same word is used at the Last Supper, it's translated an upper room, not an inn or a motel. So the the word actually means an upper room. And what it means is, is that when Joseph and Mary arrived, there was no room for them in their ancestral home. All the ancestors had come in. And in that society, the the older uh, ancestors would get first dibs. on on whatever lodging there was. And so for a young couple, they would be on the back burner. What's more, these people were not stupid and they realized that Mary was very close to giving birth. And birth is a bloody business. And so if she gives birth in the home, in the ancestral home, that home is unclean for a minimum of seven days. That's more if it's a girl, but a minimum of seven days and there are a number of very costly both financially and time consuming rituals that have to be performed for that house to then be and the household to be ceremonially clean so They weren't real keen on Mary and Joseph staying in the home. And so when they're turned away, that Joseph is in a pinch and he's got to find somewhere. He needs somewhere that's clean. He needs somewhere that's dry. He needs somewhere that's safe. He needs somewhere that it would be uh, appropriate to give birth. And so it's not a stretch, although the Bible doesn't say this, it's not a stretch to think that he might have thought of the Migdal Eder, the tower of the flock. And in a pinch, Joseph, to take care of his young family, might have gone there because The sacrificial lambs had to be reserved, unblemished, within five miles of the temple. And the cleanest stable with the cleanest feeding troughs would naturally be the Tower of the Flock there in Bethlehem. Which fulfilled another of Micah's prophecies. Micah chapter 4 verse 8 says, And you, O Tower of the Flock, Migdal Eder, Hill of the Daughter of Zion, to you shall it come, the former dominion shall come, the kingdom of the daughter of Jerusalem. So this place, this sacred place, the place where sin offerings would come into the world, where perfect sacrificial lambs were born, cleaned and carefully wrapped in swaddling cloths and laid in a manger would be the place where God arrives. The Lamb of God would, would be led to the slaughter, as Isaiah 53 says, and it would be born. He would be born in the same place where all other sacrificial lambs had been born. Peter would later say that you know that your ransom from the futile ways inherited from your fathers, not with perishable things such as silver or gold, but with the precious blood of Christ, like that of a lamb without blemish or spot. So the five miles of pasture outside of Bethlehem, uh, surrounding Bethlehem, are are where the angelic announcements take place. The shepherds who are there are Levitical shepherds who have been trained in in the ways of the sacrifice, who have been trained by the priests. And these shepherds are guarding their sacrificial flocks. And the angels appear in Luke chapter 2, starting at verse 10, and say, do not be afraid. For behold, I bring you good news of great joy, which will be for all the people. For to you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. Now, a swaddling baby was normal. Even in our culture, we swaddle babies because they're still learning how to use their limbs and, and it, remi- it keeps them calm because it's like they were in the womb. And so a swaddling baby was normal. Any expectant mother would do that. Jewish mothers would, would in the nine months previous, would, would spend time creating these beautifully ornate swaddling cloths that would be embroidered with various symbols uh, of her family and the father's family and, and showing that these two families had come together in this child. Middle Eastern mothers to this day still will create those swaddling cloths for their babies to protect their extremities and to keep them at rest. But the major, it's always been interesting to me how did the shepherds know where to go? Because if they were just in a barn, did they go search every barn? If they were just in a house, did they go knock on every door? How did the shepherds know? Where to go? Because the Bible doesn't say, good luck finding it. He says, this is a sign for you. So, a, a sign is pointing the way. You're supposed to know where this is. And so, there's going to be a human infant wrapped in swaddling cloths in a manger. And these shepherds who regularly supervise the birth of sacrificial lambs would immediately know that a baby, a lamb wrapped in swaddling cloths, And being laid in a manger would be at the tower, the tower of the flock, Migdal Eder. And when the heralds and the glory had left them, they said, let's go to Bethlehem. The Messiah could have been resting anywhere. But these guys immediately knew where to go because they raised sacrificial lambs for the temple. The tower of the flock was the place where sacrificial lambs were born. Who else would understand such a message? God picks the exact time, the exact place, and the exact people to hear his message. Babies don't belong in mangers, yet the one, the one destined to be, As John will later say, the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world is laid in a manger just like the sacrificial lambs for the temple. See, God used the Roman census to get Mary and Joseph to Bethlehem. And then he used the the inhospitable crush of the crowds and, and maybe even some surliness on part of the family to get them to the tower of the flock. And I don't know if they got the implications. I don't know if Mary and Joseph got the implications. Mary pondered these things in her heart. I don't know if if the, the shepherds got the implications. I don't know if maybe when Simeon began to talk to them 40 days later in the temple, whether it dawned on them and they got the implications. But, but it may be that they did and they discussed it. This may be what prompted John to say, behold, the Lamb of God. Um, I don't know. But I know on that first silent night that Mary had a little lamb. And that lamb would be the lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world. He would remain to this day, according to Revelation 5 6, the lamb standing as though it had been slain. God's plan was perfect. He wasn't derailed by Rome, he wasn't derailed by crowds. It wasn't derailed by any other factor. God's plan was perfect. In this holiday season, your family may be like mine. We just had a funeral. And COVID took a very, very precious part of our family. And we're going into this Christmas season with hearts that are broken. Now, on top of that, we have a diagnosis And we didn't even get to say goodbye in a normal way because of the COVID. We couldn't have a regular funeral and many of you have experienced this. But this Christmas season, we have hope. We have hope that God's in control. We have hope that no matter about Elections, no matter about viruses, no matter about what's going on in the world around us, God is in control. And he has a plan and his plan is perfect. See, Christmas is about hope. A thrill of hope. Hope that this baby, wrapped in swaddling clothes and laid in a manger, would be a sacrificial lamb. A sin offering to end all sin offerings. Hope that because of him, because of Jesus, because he came to earth, we have hope. Hope for eternity. Hope for life everlasting. Hope for salvation. Because of him and God's amazing plan that was in place even then, we have hope. This morning, whether you're physically present or digitally present, I say to you this morning, if you're struggling this holiday season without hope, I want you to hear the word of God for you, that God is in control and that there is hope. And no matter how bleak it looks, no matter how dark it looks, no matter how much it looks like the world is spinning out of control, God is in control and his plan is perfect. And because of that, you have hope. Come to that hope. Come adore Him. Come worship the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world. Right now, won't you come? While together we stand.